our diversity, equity, and inclusion work is just part of the flow of our business. It's something that we have really continued to keep a focus on, even during times of immense change. You are listening to the Business Innovation and Technology Podcast by Facebook. If you want to learn from industry leaders about new trends and products that can grow your business, then this is the podcast for you. Today's topic is how having diverse business practices can lead to healthier teams and organizations, more innovative ideas, and ultimately drive more impact. Today, we're joined by some extraordinary special guests. Christine Warner, Vice President of Global Partnerships Management and Business Development, Angelique Kamara, Director of Partner Solutions, and Alex Chen, Director of Solutions Engineering in APAC, all from Facebook. So I'd like to start with going around the room and letting each one of our panelists introduce themselves and answer the question, what does diversity mean to you and why are you interested in it? Christine, let's start with you. Thanks, Jordan. Hey, everyone. Christine Warner. I lead a global business development and partnership management team at Facebook. And, you know, diversity matters to me because I've found by driving towards greater diversity, equity, and inclusion, we can get better business outcomes. And on a personal level, um, I believe really strongly in allyship and making sure that we stand with people who may not um, have the same voice or seat at the table in order to elevate all voices. And it, it really has, um, it's something that I've invested in quite a bit in my career. Um, and it's something where I've seen great outcomes um, and also support for individuals by really focusing on it. Thank you very much. And Angelique, welcome. Same question to you. Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Angelique Kamara. I lead a team at Facebook called Partner Solutions. Um, essentially, what we do is we work with Facebook clients and help them succeed on our platform by leveraging solutions from our partner ecosystem. Um, and diversity for me means that uh, essentially recognizing that we all have unique perspectives um, and there's value in uh, listening to these different perspectives. So each, each of us comes with a unique you know, set of life experiences, unique uh, uh, skill, uh, strengths and skills, but also values and, uh, and, and point of views, and that uh, there's value in listening to that and learning from one another. At my core, I'm a learner. Um, I really value growth. And so I always try to surround myself with people who look differently, uh, speak differently, behave differently, um, so that we can all learn from one another. Excellent. Thank you and welcome. And last but not least, Alex. Thanks, Jordan. Hello, everyone. I lead solutions engineering in Asia Pacific for Facebook based out of Singapore. I support a team of solutions engineers spread across APEC to help businesses grow today and build for tomorrow. I work in engineering. When I think about diversity, I strongly believe there's a direct correlation between diversity and innovation. I've worked in a few technology hubs around the world, including Silicon Valley, Seattle, and Singapore. I have personally witnessed the power of diversity while working there. My current team is very diverse, representing close to 20 nationalities. That has helped us generate a lot of interesting ideas. We regularly win internal hackathons. I, it also makes our experience working together far more fun and enriching. Excellent. And welcome again to the podcast. So thank you, everyone. And, you know, one final thank you to everyone for joining. So as mentioned today, we're going to be discussing diversity. And the basic formula for diversity is rapidly evolving. But it's no longer a matter of creating a heterogeneous workforce, but using that workforce to create the innovative products, services and business practices 
that can set a company apart and give it a competitive advantage in that marketplace. Diversity is more than just race and gender. It includes things like age, nationality, orientation, religion, the belief systems people have. So with all of these different characteristics in mind, you know, Christine, let's start with you. Like, why is diversity important in business? So I touched on this a little bit in my intro for why diversity matters to me. But um, truly, when diversity, equity, and inclusion is a core value of a business and something that is um, baked into the hiring practices, the way that businesses seek to, to keep their employees and develop talent, we see better outcomes. And in fact, one McKinsey report showed that companies that had the most racial and ethnic and gender diversity were respectively 35% and 15% more likely to have financial returns above their respective uh, national industry medians. So DEI isn't just a moral imperative, it is truly a business imperative. Um, and you can see greater business results by leaning into it um, and really embracing it for your company. And for example, in the, in the work that I do, there are two ways that diversity really helps drive better business outcomes. The first one is understanding our customers and their needs. And the second is problem solving to meet those needs. So I'll talk about both. Um, understanding our customers, there's a really awesome article from HBR that talks about how having somebody on your team share, sharing the ethnicity of the customer that you're serving really helps them. Uh, they're 152% more likely to be able to represent those needs um, and advocate for what the customer uh, is looking for. On the flip side of that, if you have teams, especially leadership teams that do not have diversity, uh, what you're seeing is women, people of color, LGBTQ communities are their voices are less likely to be heard and their ideas are more likely to be um, dismissed. And so what that creates for your company is uh, missing you know, business opportunities, missing the needs of the customers that you're serving. Um, so it's really key that you have a team that can accurately represent the needs of your customers so that you're building the right products. We'll talk a little bit about more uh, later. The second piece is problem solving. It's really well documented now that if you have a diverse teams, you're solving problem more creatively, you're getting to better um, you know, solutions and better products. Um, and so for us in our roles, it's really important to have diverse teams so that you can understand and address the opportunities that you're seeing in the market. And Alex, how do you think this applies to engineering? Like, do you think there's any differences when it comes to diversity and how it applies to, to what you do in your role? Yeah, in my case, I, I would say uh, I have always tried to build a team with people from diverse backgrounds. It makes a lot of sense for us in Facebook, especially since we're building solutions for all businesses. As Christine and Angela said, there are a lot of business benefits of doing that. So I think we'd all agree that diversity is a key imperative and really important. But in the midst of everything that's going on with organizations having to prioritize, you know, their most pressing needs, such as how they adapt to the current environment, you know, how they're having to bring employees together that are working from home, you know, how they're having to improve their supply chains, you know, how they're having to go from maybe never having an online presence to being fully online in such a short space of time. Diversity, as we've said, you know, can play a big role in driving innovation and in organizational health. But companies may think about pulling back from diversity because they don't understand you know the impact of it or or they don't understand or they reprioritize the things that you know they see as the most important needs of right now and that's going to put themselves at a disadvantage in the long term so 
what are some of the ways that that you are all building and enabling these diverse teams with everything that's going on around us at the same time? And, and how do you measure the success of that of that efficacy? Across our business, look, over the past year and a half, the, the pandemic has driven digital transformation um, faster than we had seen in the pre- previous 10 years. More businesses came online at the beginning of 2020 than they did in the previous 10. And so because of that, you know, I think as a business, we are dealing quite a bit with change, but that does not mean that we take our eye off the ball of diversity and equity and inclusion. And in fact, uh, if anything, it, it, it's a reason to redouble our efforts. And um, I'm the exec sponsor for our diversity, equity, and inclusion squad for the business ecosystems organization that's, over, that's hundreds of people. And the vision of this work um, is to build a diverse org where everyone feels like they can belong and contribute their best. And we align with the company framework of find, grow, and keep, and identify goals and activities across the organization that will help us drive diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we do this as a part of the fabric of the business. This isn't something that's outside of the business. So let me give you just some examples of this, how we attach these find, grow, keep objectives to core functions within the business. First, when it comes to find, um, is that we're increasing our investments and presence at key D&I tentpole moments for recruiting to make sure that we are out there in market recruiting the best talent across uh, a a really diverse spectrum. And on grow, this is once we get people into the business or into the company, we want to make sure everybody has a shared foundation and understanding of what diversity and equity and inclusion looks like at the company. So when uh, new hires are onboarded, we actually put them through training, like be the ally in managing bias. So we all have a shared foundation from which we can build upon to address bias in the workplace. And on KEEP, we are trying to identify different ways to foster a culture of inclusion and equal opportunity to grow. And so we've actually implemented something called diversity circles. And we've created a toolkit where someone can host a talk about what matters most to them. We've had discussions around the AAPI community, Last year, uh, we, uh, we had um, uh, a, a diversity circle around insights from Kenosha, somebody who was there, um, to you know, even talking about the difference between introverts and extroverts or how we best manage global and regional relationships. And so because of this, what I would say is our diversity, equity, and inclusion work is just part of the flow of our business. And uh, it's something that we have really continued to keep a focus on, even during times of immense change, because during those times of change, that's when we need to be able to respect and open up the aperture for different voices to all be a part of that dialogue. Because frankly, going back to what Alex said, this is where also where a lot of innovation comes from. So that's just one way that we look at it at Facebook and that we're implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion inside of our team. And I want to double down on one concept in particular and what Christine just talked about, which is allyship. Um, So the head of our organization, Alvin Bowles, talks about this uh, expression that ally is a verb. And really what he means by that is that ally is not a title or a name that you can give yourself or a destination, right? It's not a place that you get to and you're like either an ally or you're not. It's really a journey. And the, the best you can do is showing up as an ally uh, continuously, right? It's a cycle. Um, and so in our team, we talk about moments of allyship. Um, and it is about how you're showing up in the moment and lifting your voice up, whether it's, you know, calling out somebody who uh, hasn't contributed or whether it's 
um, calling out with somebody is interrupted and making sure that they can finish their thought um, or giving people different ways to contribute based on how they like to digest information and, and share their, their thinking. Um, and so I, I really like this concept because it's, it's helpful, it's actionable, but also it resonates with me personally in my own DNI journey. Um, so when I think about what I've learned along the way, like the most important piece, the thing that I think is a big barrier for a lot of us is recognizing that uh, you're not going to always get it right. Um, and a lot of times you're going to get it wrong. There's you know, limits in how much empathy you can have. Um, and so you, you come with your own set of experiences. And even though you can try to understand another point of view, another person's experience, you'll always be limited in that ability. And so being coming with uh, in this work with the uh, hum uh, being humble enough to recognize that sometimes you're going to get it wrong and being willing to learn is really important. And so for me, I think about this as a, as a journey and just getting uh, comfortable with it and getting better. And the most important part is how do you create enough safety and enough trust and with the people that you interact with so that they can come back to you and say like, hey, you know, Angelique, I think... Uh, something that you said just doesn't sit right with me, or like you mentioned something that didn't make me feel comfortable and I want to be able to talk to you about it. Um, and this happens a lot for me. Um, and and I, I think it's really important that you are comfortable with the fact that you you will learn and make mistakes um, and thinking about this as, as a journey and something that you're uh, continuously doing and not um, a point in time or a destination. And for my team, uh, we follow many of the same approaches that Christine and Angelique mentioned. I'll just share my perspective. As engineers, we are all excited by technology and what it can do for the world as a force for good. Even though we come from very different backgrounds, our company and team mission really has inspired us and brought us all together. So we all have that core same shared mission so that we all work toward that. In addition, as I mentioned earlier, we do believe in the correlation between diversity and innovation. We put a lot of focus on the diversity recruiting efforts that uh, Christine mentioned earlier, where we build a talent pipeline with diversity at the core. We line up interviewers from different backgrounds, and we make sure that we check for biases in our candidate evaluations. That helps ensure that we continue bringing diverse views and opinions and different um, experiences to the team. So I think this topic of allyship is really an important one. And I'd love to share my own experience of how it really changed my understanding and perspective of my own privilege in a sense. And in 2017, I joined my first woman's ally event. I'm from a working class background in a Northern English town, which doesn't necessarily scream privilege or, or, or prosperity in a sense. And I was pretty naive at this point to my own privilege. and. I wouldn't have considered or classified myself as really having had any privilege, you know, given you know, where we grew up and the type of background that, that we had. But from attending this ally event and, and just hearing the struggles and challenges that arise from people who are not white and, and are not male, it really hit home just how privileged I was just from being born a, a, a white male and just from the, you know, my own gender and, and the color of my skin, which you know, has nothing to do with, with where I grew up or anything like this, this core sense of privilege just from who I am, you know, it really was a very powerful concept to internalize and, and understand that 
not everything is as, as simple as it might seem on first appearances. And, you know, I think over the last four or five years, it really does feel that, that the awareness of, of these concepts and you know, the importance of diversity and inclusion has increased substantially. But, you know, I, I very much doubt that we're, we're anywhere close to solving it. So, you know, Angelique, like, I'd love to know, like, what do you think are the challenges associated with, with building these diverse teams? Yeah, so one is the the first one for me is what I, I talked about just before, which is this kind of psychological barrier. Like it is it is really critical and important work. And so I think that creates a little bit of uh, uh, nervousness uh, and, and wanting to be, you know, perfect and, and getting it right right away, which I think can like prevent you from really just engaging in it and like getting better as you go. Um, but the other one is just like making the time, right? Like building those processes and building intentionality in the fabric, as as Christine mentioned, or in like the day-to-day business. Um, and so, for example, just being intentional about how different people learn and communicate uh, and share their ideas and being willing to take the time to gather those ideas and, and put them on an equal footing um, you know, this can take time. If we are if we're moving really fast and, and you're trying to get to a business decision, uh, sometimes you can revert back to like what you're used to or like uh, what you're comfortable with and the way that like you communicate or make decisions uh, and create an environment that is less uh, open to diverse uh, opinions or more debate, right? So it's sometimes it's just making the time and, and keeping in mind the, the value that you're going to get and the better outcomes and just slowing down uh, enough that you can gather all those thoughts and, and make the best decision. I agree that there are challenges that Angelique has called out, but I think that um, some of these challenges also present some opportunities. You know, I think she talked a little bit about time here. Um, and you know, the past year and a half has really unlocked the potential of remote work. And as a company, um, Facebook has made a commitment uh, that in the future will be about 50% remote. And this unlocks opportunity for people from different backgrounds and countries, as well as people who prefer or need to work remotely. Um, And in some respects, it really does help to level the playing field. Um, And while we've had to be remote over the past year and a half, I've seen a change in how different people are showing up. There's more intention and prep that goes into meetings um, and it's made them more effective, but it also has created Uh, more inclusion. People who are uncomfortable speaking in the group uh, have had the opportunity to comment in pre-reads or or, uh, to connect prior to large meetings. And also leaders are pulsing the room now to see if there are other opinions or ideas. It's just part of the way that you can include people in a remote environment. But in some ways, it's making sure that you include everyone, even more so than the way it happened before in, in physical meetings. And, you know, while it's been hard over the past year, it has really unlocked even greater opportunities to drive diversity, equity and inclusion in the business. And and I think as a a global team, I've seen that firsthand. I would say just be prepared that it can take longer for you to get to the norming and performing stage. Be patient. And if done right, you will have tremendous gains in the long run, as Christine and Angelique mentioned. Most importantly, I believe everyone will come out of this a better person, no matter what results you deliver. So we've spent quite a lot of today talking about diversity that's probably top of people's minds in a sense. And a lot of that diversity is within sort of people's immediate teams or, you know, their thought goes to like the direct reports or, or the teams that they're, they're with day to day. But as everyone is probably aware, you know, Facebook has employees all over the globe. And with the trend 
of remote working, it really does open up a possibility for many companies and teams to hire talent from places where they either wouldn't have been able to before because of commutes and, you know, my moving people to where they are, to really building this even larger geographically diverse teams made of so many different cultures, but also physically dispersed and, and physically diverse as well. So Alex, you know, you're someone you've already mentioned who has a team, you know, of nearly 20 different nationalities within your within your team. Like, how have you thought about that diversity when it comes to geographies and how you think about where to invest in, in new parts of the business? Yeah, there's something that I think a lot about. Personally, I believe it is more important than ever for us to have an engineering presence in key markets and centers of innovation. Great ideas can come from anywhere. And with the internet and digital advertising, they can be found by the right audience. I've seen many innovative use cases coming out of Asia, such as live shopping and social commerce, conversational commerce, which are catching on globally. Having our engineering team close to our customers and partners can really help us identify those market trends and also unmet customer needs. In addition, our team can build a minimum viable product, test it in the market, and iterate quickly, maintaining a very short feedback loop with the customers. That's how you can actually create winning products. Let me share one example. We have a product called Collaborative Ads, which is a solution incubated out of Asia. It empowers a brand to run performance marketing campaigns for its products, driving sales on a retailer's website, app, or even a physical store. How it came about was that there was a strong demand for global brands to drive sales on their online channels run by marketplaces. At the same time, those marketplaces wanted to grow traffic and sales to stay ahead of the competition. Having seen the demand from both sides, we came up with a solution to address the needs while making it simple and safe for marketplaces and brands to collaborate together to run ad campaigns. Even though this solution was born out of Asia, due to the unique market condition here, it can actually scale beyond that. We have seen growing adoption in Europe and North America. There are many more success stories like this that many of us can uh, tell more uh, when we get the chance. Yeah, that, that really resonates for me as well, Alex. Like in, in our team, um, we also work really closely with customers and identifying their needs. And we have this process by which we bring customer insights from all of the regions uh, that we're in to our central teams so that we can then like market size and like identify synergies. And one of the fascinating things with this process is that you identify uh, things that resonate with customers in different places in the world, right? You mentioned uh, conversational commerce. I think this is a great example where we've seen it. Um, so these solutions really answer our needs in some parts of APAC, but also uh, some parts of LATAM and, and Middle East and Africa. Um, and so for us, it's, it's really key to be close to those needs and be able to represent them and then identify uh, where solutions can actually serve needs across uh, multiple regions. The other piece for me about like geographies is uh, with geography comes like other uh, diversity dimensions, right? There's religion, there is tradition, there is uh, race, et cetera. And so it becomes really multifaceted and, and quite nuanced both in terms of the customer, but also within your teams and how you make sure that, that you can have um, that conversation, like the way that people formulate you know, ideas or the way that they represent uh, customer problems. 
So one book I really like that we talk about a lot in our team is uh, The Culture Map from Erin Mayer. Um, and I love it also because there's a lot of examples between French and uh, Americans, since I'm originally from France and have lived in the U.S. for a while. Um, and so it talks about these cultural differences in the way that you know people communicate, in the way that they get feedback, um, in the way that they uh, work as a team. And so for us, it's it's a uh, it's a place that we often refer back to to understand a lot of that you know complexity and nuance uh, in the way that we operate as a global team. So that's all we have time for today. And I want to thank you all for you know the really in depth and, and insightful discussion uh, in the episode, but. I do also want to give our guests one last chance to really leave us on a forward-looking note. So, Christine, Angelique, Alex, like in your elevator pitch, you know, your your one or two sentence, one or two sentence summary. Like, what a what is one thing that each of us can do to make sure that we're embracing and promoting diversity in our day to day work or our jobs? So, Christine, uh, we'll start with you. I would say bake diversity, equity, and inclusion into the fabric of your work and put in place um, structured ways in which everyone on the team can engage and measure the impact through things like training completion um, and, and looking at your pipeline and the composition of your workforce. For me, is uh, one would be make sure you dive into the data and, con- and be convinced and understand what the value of doing it is for the business. Um, and then two is being willing to make mistakes and like go on the journey, being in the lie, opening up spaces for those conversations to happen uh, will go a long way in creating a, a space where everyone feels that they can belong. For me, I would say be the ally and take action to level the playing field such that each individual can pursue what they find most meaningful and do career defining work. So on that note, I want to again thank you all for joining and taking part in the discussion today. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review.